0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today.
1: It's exit stage left for the Lakers in L.A. Why the Nuggets are the toughest team in the league. Plus, do the Hawks really stand a chance against Joel Embiid and the Sixers? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today.
2: Searching all
1: major sports.
0: Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: The L.A. Lakers are being pushed off the stage by the Phoenix Suns. The Suns win a 113-100 game six to take the series 4-2, to two, which means the Lakers champions last season are out in the first round. Joining me now from Lockdown Lakers, Brian Kavanetsky and Brian. Anthony Davis tried to toughen out in this game with that injured groin he leaves in the first half and it is never really that close from there on out in this series uh, how much do we actually learn about the lakers beyond hey they just weren't healthy
2: that that is the fascinating question of the off season. i mean obviously there are certain things that they need to to improve the outside shooting wasn't there uh, this offseason, they're gonna have to. You know, so they're gonna, they're gonna have to fix that. They're gonna have to make decisions about Dennis Schroeder um, and 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 fill out some depth in other places. But that's the big question. Like how, we we never really got a chance to find out what else might have been wrong with it because when Anthony Davis was healthy and playing in this series, the Lakers were very effective and probably I think would have won if he doesn't hurt the knee and then hurt the groin.
1: Yeah, and and it's easy to forget now that early in the season, when they were at something close to full strength, they looked like the best team in basketball. And this this was just not the tensile test that it could have been if these two teams were at full strength. So how do you how do you project then if you're the Lakers trying to figure out okay? If we have LeBron, we have Anthony Davis, how do we put the right pieces around them? And and how do we evaluate these guys? Because we didn't really get a fair evaluation of what this team looks like in its entirety
2: in the postseason. I, I think for starters, you have to say, look, what like exactly what you just said. We have Anthony Davis. We have LeBron James. That's got to be the starting point. You don't do anything drastic. You don't blow anything. Right. And you and you. With a real offseason for these guys to heal physically and really to heal mentally. You know, 71 days, LeBron will tell you that was the entire offseason. Um, th- this was a difficult, this is gonna be a difficult task for them from the beginning, just based on what happened last year and how little time they had to prepare. I don't think it's a it's a coincidence that the Heat are out, the Celtics are out. A lot of these teams that advanced relatively deep into the playoffs last year are gone already. Um, and so you start with that and you run it back with those two guys, and you try to supplement it a little bit better, you have to come up with shooting. Because I think what we did see in Game 6 was that LeBron doesn't quite have the pop anymore to do superhuman things all the time. I think the ankle was still bugging him, but you saw finishing around the rim. He didn't finish the way you would expect LeBron. Missed a lot of layups driving, going downhill, and stuff like that. You know, so he's going to need a little bit more help, um, and and the Lakers have to figure out a way to provide it.
1: Missing layups against Devin Booker is not what I would, had expected to see.
2: No, but you know, the flip side is too. Before he hurt his ankle, he was great. He was playing. He was a, a presumptive MVP candidate. So, yeah, you, know, you, you don't want to get too, uh, you know, too much in the overreaction. But you know, they they, they need some help. Uh, but they're still an excellent team if those two guys are healthy.
1: Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, why Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets are the toughest
0: team in the NBA. That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: The Boston Bruins are in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and on Thursday night they played in their fifth overtime game so far this postseason.
0: What is up Bruins fans? It's Ian McLaren, host of Locked on Boston Bruins. And the Black of Gold have just taken Game 3 against the New York Islanders thanks to a Brad Marchand overtime game winner. The Bruins had a 1-0 lead. Late into the third period, they allowed Matt Barzal to score to tie the game, but thankfully Brad Marchand came up huge once again with the overtime winner and the Bruins have taken a 2-1 series lead. Now there is some cause for concern as Brandon Carlo was forced to exit the game after a clean but hard hit by Cal Clutterbuck that left him shaken up. Uh, So we'll have to wait and see the update there, but for now the Bruins can celebrate A 2-1 victory over the New York Islanders. They take Game 3.
1: The NHL is handing out a ton of free hockey as the Carolina Hurricanes and Tampa Bay Lightning needed overtime as well.
0: Jared Ellis here, host of Locked on Hurricanes. And the Hurricanes just won Game 3. Sebastian Aho scored the overtime game winner as well as notched another goal in regulation and an assist of three-point night from him and Peter Mrazek made his return to the lineup tonight, and he shined in his return, um, really no doubt there. He made 35 saves in tonight's game. The Hurricanes really played with a sense of desperation, and the fact that they were able to finally get their offense going in this game was really the difference maker. The Hurricanes did take a few dumb penalties in this game, which led to two Tampa Bay goals. They gotta get that stuff under control. but. That aside, let's enjoy this game three. Win Caniacs and let's go Canes.
1: Apparently Oprah is running the NHL now. I don't know. She probably would do a pretty good job, frankly. Speaking of things Oprah might be able to fix, the United States men's national soccer team needed a late goal from Jordan Sebetu to beat Honduras in the inaugural CONCACAF Nations League semifinal in Denver on Thursday night. Christian Pulisic, fresh off his Champions League win with Chelsea on Saturday, was back in the starting lineup as the U.S. played its first competitive match since November of 2019. The U.S. will face Mexico or Costa Rica in Sunday's Nations League final, the last preparations for regular national team players ahead of the start of World Cup qualifying in September. The NFL has vowed to stop what has been termed race norming, a two-tiered scoring system which sets a different benchmark for black and white retired football players making brain injury claims. This norm assumed that the average black player would start at a lower level of cognition than white players, meaning they would have to score lower on the tests to prove that they had sustained brain damage to qualify for compensation. The league has denied That the practice is discriminatory, saying that this was meant to stop bias in testing, not perpetuate it. A replacement norm will be decided on in its place. It seems somehow impossible that we are still arguing over stuff like this, but considering how recently the NFL was insisting that football was not dangerous and did not cause brain injury, I guess nothing is really surprising. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for today on betonline.ag. The Dallas Mavericks have a chance to close out the LA Clippers, but the home team in this series has yet to win, and Dallas will be at home. The betonline.ag line for this game is LA favored by two and a half. Then on Saturday, round two begins for the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. Both had relatively easy first round series. The betonline.ag line for this game is Brooklyn giving four for all your NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, and MLB or Golf Odds, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
1: Coming into the series, we knew what Nikola Jokic was going to be able to give to the Denver Nuggets, but without Jamal Murray, were they going to get enough from everyone else? Well, Denver did it. In game six, beating Portland 126-115. Joining me now from Locked on Nuggets, Matt Moore. And Matt, we got the big game from Michael Porter Jr., 26 points, but there were a lot of other guys that made this win, not only in this game, but in this series possible.
0: Yeah, a really impressive performance. Look, the Nuggets were down three of their top five point guards. They were starting Austin Rivers, who they signed off the street 45 days ago, and Faco Campazzo, a 5'9", 30-year-old rookie. Like, it is absolutely preposterous that they were able to pull this together. I know they have the MVP, and trust me, Nikola Jokic earned that title with 36 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and a plus 15 after getting roundly outplayed in the first half. But honestly, like Denver's ability to to dig deep and pull these kind of games out, I really haven't seen it. I've seen tough teams. The San Antonio Spurs and their run were really mentally tough. I've seen other squads with real resilience and discipline, but this team to dig down, they were down 14 in the third quarter and were unable like the Blazers could not put them away. They just kept digging Monte Morris with another monster performance, 22 points on eight of 16 shooting. Once the Nuggets figured out they could attack. There's a lot of, I think, credit to go around in this one, but really it goes towards the entire team and their ability to have the resilience to get through almost anything.
1: Yeah. Compazzo giving, giving uh, hope to the every man out there everywhere, because he, he always looks like he just had a cigarette and a beer and then walked out there. I love it. I love it. Uh, did, did what you saw in this series, you know, without Jamal Murray, there were a lot of questions about the ceiling of this Nuggets team. Did what you see in this series from those other guys uh, change the way that you, you see this team moving forward?
0: I mean, I think you got big performances from from Aaron Gordon defensively. You know, his numbers are not going to jump off the page. 13 boards, seven rebounds were huge, four assists. But he had some very big buckets, especially late in the series. He was hitting threes, two of two from three-point range tonight. That was big. Seeing Michael Porter Jr. take over in the first quarter to keep them within range, this game could have gotten out of hand in a hurry. The Nuggets looked flat. They looked lifeless. The Portland crowd was amped. The Blazers were hitting everything. And Porter's early scoring output, even though he faded late, really kept them in the game to start and forced – the Blazers to kind of adjust to him. I I think you got to look at Jamichael Green though, too. a plus 22 in this game, 10 points, big offensive rebounds. It was absolutely huge. Look, I, I just think that this team, when they get Jamal Murray back, when they get Will Barton back, when they get PJ Dozier back next season, I think this is absolutely going to be a title contender, but as it stands right now, they're not done because they're moving on to the second round.
1: And that's exactly what, what coach Malone said after the game, right? We're not done. And, and this is a team that, that has that belief. Now we've seen teams especially ride the talent of that elite player like Nikola Jokic. We've seen them make runs with less.
0: Yeah. You know, and I think it's it's, look, we'll see what happens with the other series and the other games. But I think you do have to look at this and say, until somebody knocks out the nuggets, they're not done until somebody actually is able to beat Jokic. They're not done. We'll see what happens with the other series, but certainly this, I think was a a monster win a validation of Jokic's MVP campaign a reminder of how good he is in the playoffs as well as the regular season and prove that Michael Malone continues to be one of the most underrated coaches in the NBA
1: is it a battle of David versus Goliath or do the Hawks have a real chance to beat the Sixers our cue of the day is next Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I bring them with me when I come and visit family. And guess what? They go nuts for them. And my family loves them. My wife loves them. I love them. We eat them regularly. They're a great snack. They're a great breakfast replacement. However you want to eat them, you can because even though they're covered in chocolate and you have flavors like salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter, brownie, they are low carb, high fiber, high Protein, not full of sugar. I don't know how they do it. It's a miracle, but they are delicious. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code lock 15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code lock 15 for 15% off. The best tasting protein bar in the world. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar at builtbar.com.
0: Agree or disagree? This is the cue of the day.
1: If you were going to do a real life reenactment of David versus Goliath using only NBA players. You might just pick Joel Embiid and Trey Young, yet on a basketball court, this is going to be a much fairer fight, though the Sixers are still heavy favorites, according to our friends over at betonline.ag. Joining me now from Locked on Hawks, Brad Roland and Brad, Joel Embiid is banged up heading into this series and Trey Young just put the Knicks to bed. What is the path for the Hawks to spring the upset in this series?
3: I think it's actually a pretty good matchup for the Hawks overall, even if Embiid is on the floor Uh, and obviously that's the biggest x factor is Embiid's status if he was to not play or be heavily limited that obviously swings things towards Atlanta because Joel Embiid is that good he's one of the best players in the league and that sort of stands uh, on its own but I think this is a good matchup for the Hawks and the fact that they've they've played fully well well in the past and I think Trey Young facing a team that plays drop coverage pick and roll defense is usually very effective and I think the Hawks should be able to score at a reasonable clip against Philly the question is if Embiid plays can they stop the Sixers and that is the number one thing for me
1: I really like this matchup for Atlanta because if you're going to put Ben Simmons on Trey Young let's say he he's going to find the open guys he's going to find passing lanes and if you're going to put together a defender who has the athleticism to play Joel Embiid 25 feet from the basket and in the post he probably looks a lot like Clint
3: Capella Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, Capella is one of the better defenders in the league this season. And while no one's going to stop and beat if he's right, um, that's certainly it's helpful to have a guy that they can credibly put on him, not have to double team a whole lot and just kind of say, all right, Clint, it's your assignment. Do what you you can do, basically, because no one's going to stop Beat if he's right. Um, And yeah, on the other side of the floor, Simmons is really good defensively, but he's had some trouble, as pretty much everyone does, with Trey Young. Trey Young is at a level where you can't stop him. You might be able to slow him down, but you're not going to stop him. And that that gives the Hawks uh, sort of immediate credibility offensively because he's going to get where he wants to get to more often than not.
1: What is going to be the difference then? Because the Sixers are still the favorites. Um, If you ask me, uh, I would still pick the Sixers. You you might. Um, I won't ask you to make a pick, but what is going to be the difference in this series?
3: This is very obvious, but it really is Embiid. I mean, that, that's a, such a very trite answer. But if he is available and playing in this series, the Sixers should be favorites. I think the Hawks can still win. I'm not saying they're going to be buried. They're they're a pretty live underdog. I think even if Embiid is out there, but if he's out there, Philadelphia is the better team and they have home court advantage, and that definitely sort of builds up against the Hawks. But if he's limited or not playing at all, suddenly the playing field levels quite a bit and. If Troy Young plays the way that he did against New York, anything is possible. So having that kind of guy with that kind of upside for you as Atlanta gives you more than a puncher's chance in any series. And if Embiid is limited, that it really opens the door for Atlanta.
1: And finally, Baltimore Ravens owner Steve Bisciotti wanted to honor former GM Ozzie Newsom, the NFL's first African-American general manager. Newsom was known as one of the league's top decision makers when he ran the Ravens personnel department from the team's inaugural season in 1996 until the end of the 2018 season. Bishotti and his wife are making a $4 million gift in Newsom's name to Maryland's historically black colleges and universities. The Ozzy Newsom Scholars Program will fund scholarships for Baltimore City public school graduates who attend an HBCU in Maryland. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Monday, round two will be set. So who gets sent home? We'll find out and break it
2: down for you. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.